Love the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal is here, as in out in the world, in your hands, in your homes, in your heads, and in your hearts. And it is not too late to get yours for the holiday. I have loved seeing y'all share on Instagram stories. They just started arriving over the weekend, and you've been sending videos of you unboxing. You've got your kids filming videos from the backseat of the car because you were too excited to wait until you got in the house. People have sent videos and photos that they cried when they got it. They were so excited. You have sent me private videos cursing over how flippin' excited and thrilled you were with it. My sister-in-law even said that she had no idea how much content was inside. Even though she had walked through this process, when she actually got in her hands, she realized it was even richer and more robust than she realized. And was like, I have called my sister to have her come over tomorrow to watch the baby so that I can dive into it. You power users are already telling me how powerful the content is. And I truly just cannot tell you how much it means. Every one of you that I am hearing from as the inaugural users of this version. So you can go to elegantexcellencejournal.com to gift yourself something with purpose and meaning this holiday season that brings you more joy and less overwhelm as you enter a new year and steal away over these holiday moments to do some goal setting, vision casting, and dreaming. Cozied up by the fireplace with your cup of tea, go ahead and dive in before we get into New Year's and the bustle of the fresh year to take this time to truly prepare and set yourself up for a beautiful 2020. And we will all be doing it right alongside with you. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. As your self-proclaimed personal stylist, I want you to feel beautiful all year round. But this time of year can be a little intense for some people. Maybe you are single and you're going home for the holidays and that brings up certain emotions or you are not with family or you are exhausted by your family or you are exhausted from this year. But I want you to feel ready for a fresh start in the new year. And I know that you need some things in that that are actually easy because a lot of what I teach isn't easy. I teach a lot of big life things where we need to be patient for tiny shifts. But most of what we're talking about today are some quicker wins that you can incorporate into the holidays before we even get to the new year. So let's dive in. Number one is have your go-to outfits. It does not matter if this is something that you wear all the time. We tend to think, oh, I already wore that last week. I wore that to church last Sunday. Like, and then we tell ourselves that everyone else is noticing. Yeah, no one else is noticing. Maybe if you're wearing like a giant pink tutu, then people are like, man, she really rocks that tutu a lot. But if it's just a, a quote unquote normal outfit, which is what 99% of, of us are wearing 99% of the time, no one is noticing that this is what you've worn before. So we get in our heads that we can't go back to our favorite things. Now, I love having diversity in my closet. I don't want to wear the same thing all the time. That can make us feel bored and like we're stuck in a rut. But having your go-to outfits is for that moment when all of a sudden you get a last-minute invite or you're under the weather and you don't want to go out, but you promised that friend that you would be there. Or like me, you've been working from home all day. You are not ready and prepped to go out, but you want to whip something together and feel confident. I remember this summer we had, uh, Jeremy was hosting 
a group event and they were supposed to be at our barbecue downstairs um, in our building and then it rained. So all of a sudden there was like 30 people that were coming to my apartment for dinner and I had been working from home and I wasn't prepped and I went to one of my go-tos, which is I realized this summer there's a black dress and a gray dress that I wore all the time. And there was just something simple and classic to them. They were flattering. They looked chic. They were not fussy. Somehow they were so simple that it made me feel almost like I could get away with lighter hair and makeup because it just looked really effortless. It didn't look like this whole you know thing that I had put on and then I kind of had to do the hair and the, the makeup to elevate it. I could just say, yep, I just have very light makeup. My hair's up in a bun and I have this really simple classic black dress. In the winter, I have a black sequin turtleneck that becomes one of my go-tos, almost for the opposite reason. It's like it's already fancy in and of itself. So I can feel holiday vibes, again, with really light makeup and throwing my hair up. But there's a reason why you love whatever that go-to is. Lean into it. Embrace that. Don't make the moment. What we tend to do is I have to go someplace. And now is when I've decided that because I'm putting all this importance on the fact that I'm working so hard to get out the door, I've also got to come up with a new outfit and find something new to wear. No, that's the time to say if I'm already feeling resistance or overwhelm or behind or overly scheduled or under the weather or whatever it is, let me go to my go-tos and start to notice those and it'll give you even more confidence. I do have my go-tos. I absolutely have something that I could wear at the last minute to a wedding or whatever it is that comes up, but we tend to get into our heads more of a scarcity mindset of, I don't really have anything to wear. I don't really have anything in my closet. You do have things, and I think identifying those go-tos and knowing, oh yeah, those are my go-tos. It makes it so much faster. When that last minute dinner happens with Jeremy, I know, okay, great dress or black dress. Those are my two summer go-tos. I'm absolutely going to throw one of those on. Number two is choosing your outfit or your hair or your makeup that you can choose one of the three. I shared this on Instagram a while back and my friend Jess texted me and said, that principle has helped me so much this week. She said, I tend to make it a whole big thing when I'm getting ready. She has three young kids. She's a homeschool mom. She's like, if I'm going to try to feel a little better to go out and run errands, I feel like, oh, I don't have time to do that whole thing. But you pointed out that I only have to do one. And once I separated them and broke them down, I realized it only really takes me 10 minutes to do my hair. And gosh, it makes a world of difference in how I feel. And this came up for me because I do work from home. And so oftentimes I will be wearing whatever I threw on that day. I don't put on makeup. It's been days since I washed my hair. And yet I would want to go out to dinner with friends that night. And it would be that getting ready part because I hadn't done it earlier in the day that could feel so heavy or so time consuming. So break it down and say, okay, I'm just wearing a simple outfit. I'm I'm putting on just, you know, black sweater and jeans, white white button down and jeans, really simple. But I'm going to take time on the other two. Uh, like I've got really dirty hair. I really got to do something about this hair, but I can throw on a simple outfit and I don't have to overthink that. Or I'm going to be focused on the clothes and I'm going to keep the others simple. I'm just like, you know, throwing up my hair, really light makeup. And instead, I'm going to wear a, a dress that feels colorful and that sort of brightens up my face. If my hair is horrible, maybe I'm just going to dry shampoo it and put it in a bun and I'm going to focus on the rest. To, my, my hair is not the center of, of the show today. But if my hair is okay, well, maybe I'm just going to curl it again and do really simple makeup. I'm going to spend more time on my hair than on my makeup. But you can choose one or two and not have to do all three. Accessories can also be a fourth thing here. Like, okay, I've just got to black sweater and jeans, but I'm going to put on a pair of great earrings. Again, I didn't have to go through the whole, I don't have time today to try on and take off and try to make a new outfit. 
I love creating new outfits in your wardrobe. That is one of the things that I teach and preach most inside my Style and Stylability course is we have so much more possibility in front of us than we realize. But that does take time. And we need to be wise about when those times are. And I find that sometimes it's when we have the least time that we're just most stressed and anxious about it. And so we're trying to come up with a better outfit to make us feel better. Like, no, go back to the the classic thing, the simple thing, and focus on just one of those areas. The point of this one is that it doesn't have to be a whole thing or awful. And I find that we tend to think those two things. I either need an hour to get ready or I am just going to feel horrible. I'm going to be in a bad mood. I'm going to be self-conscious. I'm going to be frustrated at my partner that they made me leave the house or whatever it is. Actually, can you just do one thing? If you took 10 minutes and focused just on one, could you feel better to get out the door? Number three is figure out how to have better skin and or hair. Now, I said most of these today would be simple, and this one is a little bit more complex, but still 100% feasible, like 200% feasible. I find that so many of us are insecure in our skin or our hair, but we are not consulting experts for what to do about it. We are instead turning to social media and crowdsourcing or looking at YouTube or Instagram and taking all these random people's advice. And that's not to say that those people don't have wisdom and great insights and all of that. But I realized for myself, I'm looking just at other Instagram or YouTube accounts trying to see what hair products they use, but they don't actually know what my hair is. Why am I not just going to a higher end hairstylist to have them do my hair and tell me which products to use for my specific hair and how I want to style my hair. And then I'm just going to buy the whole suite of products. I mean, I don't think the products I use are particularly fancy, but I just bought exactly what she said. And now I'm not overanalyzing and looking at other things people are talking about on Instagram and wondering if I should be using that serum instead of this one. I just went to an expert who told me exactly what to use for my kind of hair and the one kind of style that I want to do on my hair. And honestly, it made my hair so much better. And then I found just like one way to do my hair. Honestly, guys, I pretty much have one way that I do my hair. But gosh darn it, I get compliments on my hair all the time. And it cracks me up because I have never thought my hair was my thing. You know, some people like their hair is their thing. Like, have you met my husband? He's well aware that his hair is his thing. Um, So some people, their hair is their thing. I've never thought about that. Like I have thin hair. It's fine. It doesn't really hold curl. Guys, I have never gotten so many compliments on my hair as I have this year on Instagram. And I really think part of it is just kind of leaning in bit by bit more to, okay, I went to a nicer hairstylist. Um, Now, honestly, they are very expensive and I'm not sure that I'm going to keep going back, you know, every time. I already very rarely go get my hair done. But um, I've sort of been like, I wonder if I could mix this up and go someplace that's less expensive on the in-between times. But I went to someone that a friend recommended that was like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. Go see her. So I did that, got all of the products. And then I've just bit by bit been like, okay, here's one more little thing that will work for me. I have this um, this volume paste. I will link it below. But if you have fine hair, she told me about this textury paste and I put it into my roots. So you just lift up a little bit of your hair where the part is, warm it up between your fingers, and you just kind of work it into your scalp a little bit. And it really does make a difference. Now, it's not like, ah, your hair just grew you know, a foot. But I can see if I've done one part of my hair and the other, oh yeah, it's just given a little bit of volume there. So, all right, that's one little thing. Makes me feel a little bit better. I found a way to curl my hair 
So obviously this would be better in a video, but follow along if this is um, helpful to you. So basically the bottom two thirds of my hair, I curl in one direction. So let's say I'm curling it away from my face. And then I go to the top third and I curl it the opposite direction. So now I'm curling it towards my face. And that just creates more volume because you've got like front and back. You've got it going both directions. And um, it just it doesn't look like such a ringlet. It looks a little bit more like that Parisian sex hair, as my friend Sarah used to call it, like a little bit um, more tousled. And I alternate whether with, with each one, whether I go forward or backwards for the big two thirds at the bottom. So I go forwards or backwards. That was another tip that that a stylist gave me for how to create more volume. So over the years, I've just gotten one little tip at a time. I now, when I curl my hair, I put it in, um, in little clips and sort of, um, to let it cool while it's kind of in the curl. So I end up with these little like pin curls popped out all over my head. That was something I didn't used to do. So just bit by bit, I've added little things in over time without having to spend a lot of money all at once. And honestly, it saves me so much more time because I'm not going down the rabbit hole trying to figure out what other people are doing. But ye gads, it makes a difference when you are having a good or a bad hair day. Now, there are times I, I wear a baseball cap all the time. If you see me in the morning in Brooklyn, I've, I've got a baseball cap on. That was another one of my fun finds for my hair as I just realized so often I don't have great hair in the morning and all I want to do is walk out and go. I, I leave everyone to go get coffee and breakfast and then I bring it back and I work from here. I just want to be able to leave without having to go do my hair because I work from home. Who cares? So I started wearing a baseball cap. So I don't have to do it all the time, but when I do, gosh, it makes a difference. And the same thing times a million with my skin. I have struggled with acne my whole life, high school, college, and I remember, I don't know, maybe it was five years ago or something. I remember throwing out on Instagram that I was thinking about going dairy-free to try to clear up my skin. And I had never had more comments on a post in my entire life. It's one of the examples inside my Instagram with intention course that here, I'm not a skin expert. I'm, that's not what I'm here to talk about, but you guys just love to help. First of all, people naturally love to help. And then also it was such a trigger issue. So many people had opinions about what had and hadn't worked for their skin. So for a long time, I was trying to go dairy-free, seeing if that would clear up my skin. But then I finally went to a dermatologist. One of the girls in that post said, I love my dermatologist in Soho. You should go see her. Went to her and she was like, okay, dairy can like exacerbate things, but ultimately that's not the cause here. Like the cause here is hormones. You need to be on an anti-hormonal pill. This is just like the most common thing that happens. So here I am on Instagram trying to research all these other things, trying to go gluten-free, whatever. And ultimately, I just needed to go to an expert. Now, of course, there are, uh, there are multiple experts and there are multiple opinions, but whether that is a dermatologist, a um, functional medicine doctor, like holistic um, person, and an esthetician. I started seeing an esthetician. I remember when I got my first facial, it was when I had first started my business like eight years ago and I booked a show um, hosting a style show for Hearst Media on the Hello Style channel. And my co-host, this like flamboyant gay man, was like, oh my gosh, how do you not get facials? We have to get facials before the premiere. So we went and got facials. And I remember being like, I just don't really get it. Like, I'm sure this is nice, but then I'm not, I'm not going to pay to do this all the time. So what is the point of doing it, right? Okay. Well, there's a couple things. One, it still is great to do that like deep clean cleansing to get those extractions. We have all these like, you know, little oil deposits that get inside our pores. So that is amazing. But the other thing I want to say, even if you only go and do it once, is go to someone 
who can recommend what you're putting on your skin. So a couple years ago, I started going more regularly because I had a girlfriend that was an esthetician. So I would go to her um, spa in the West Village. And through that, finally had someone that was saying, use this, not that. You have this kind of skin, use this. Even just recently, she moved away. I hadn't been going as, as frequently. And I had this patch of rough skin between my eyebrows. It was like no matter how much I moisturized, I could not get rid of this thing. And then it just made my makeup look so cakey. I was just so self-conscious about it. And I couldn't figure out what to do about it. So went to get a facial from someone new. And I mentioned it to her. And throughout the facial, at the end of the facial, she said, you're totally right. I put so much moisturizer on that spot and it wouldn't go away. And she said, she gave me a sample of something. She was like, try this. She said, this is what I use. I, she's like in her 50s. Um, and she was like, this normally would be something you would use when you're older, but use it just right on that spot. Oh my gosh, guys, it's gone. This thing that was bothering me for a year, I just went to someone who was an expert and I asked them about it and they solved it. And that used to make me self-conscious every time I was putting on makeup, which is, okay, not every day, but you know, mostly every day. So truly, I think this is one of those things that for a lot of us doesn't make us feel that beautiful, but we just haven't reconsidered what else to do. We just feel like, I don't have great skin. I have acne. I don't have great hair. And we've just kind of left it at that. And I want to encourage you in this new year, if one of those areas is something you are insecure about, lean into it. Find a way that works within your budget. Find some, you know, holistic products for your face that are more affordable. Make an appointment with one expert that you can go to and be honest with them. Say, I'll be honest, it's not really in my budget to come that often. But if you could recommend the products that are in my face, I'd love to come back and see you again in six months. You know, and then they're motivated to know like, okay, this person is going to come back even if you don't come back. But <laughs> they are motivated to help you and you can, you know, go ahead and tell them that. And you don't have to go from I don't have good hair to like, oh my gosh, I'm the hair goddess. You can have one way that you figure out what your updo is. You're like, I am going to learn how to do a, a cuter bun or I'm going to test out half up, half down, or I'm going to get a teasing comb. Like I'm going to have one way. And guys, that's pretty much all I have. I curl my hair or I put it in a bun. Eh, I've kind of been getting into the ponytail a little bit lately. Jeremy really likes my hair back and I never liked my hair back. So I've been like getting into that a little bit more. But I don't have a ton that I do with my hair. Again, when I curl my hair and really sweet people on Instagram say, it looks so nice. What did I do different? I just washed it. Literally every time I get a compliment on my hair, I'm like, I just washed it and did it today. And I just only do that twice a week. <laughs> but it does make a difference. But know that it is not only, feeling more beautiful is not only about having more clothes or weighing less. But those are the two things that we all go to the most. We all think if I lost 10 pounds, that would change everything. If I got more clothes, new clothes, the right clothes, that would change everything. And yes, both of those things can make a big difference, but they aren't the only thing. And I think that our hair and our skin are both ways that we can really get stuck for years in this thinking. And again, the reason that I know that is because I did the same thing. And I just thought, I don't have great hair. I'm not super confident in my skin. And I don't know why it freaking took me so long to just go consult an expert. I think in this age of social media, we just turn so much to everything else. And again, this is nothing against beauty bloggers. That's amazing. But I could listen to serums, you know, till people are blue in the face of what works for them. Why would I not just go ask someone, what do they think works for me after they have actually felt and touched my skin? That is a lot less work for me with better results and a lot less time. And I just don't have a lot of time. Number four is our other, okay, said that most of these were going to be simple. 
This one is really the most complex, but then we'll get a little more simple after this. Number four is work on your inner confidence long-term. This is easier said than done, and yet I know from my own personal experience and from having worked with thousands of other women that this is 100% feasible for you in the new year and in your life to truly have more inner confidence that makes you feel more beautiful no matter what else is happening on the outside in your life. This is what I teach in Style and Styleability. It's what we talk about in a lot of ways here on the You're Welcome podcast. Um, that made me remember, if you guys watched Love Actually this season, when he says like, he's like, oh, the the, the album's actually quite a piece of rubbish. I think he says something else. And um, the guy goes, oh, thanks for that honesty. Can, can tell you we don't get a lot of that here on Radio Watson or something like that. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. Um, so I talk about it here on the podcast. Not always as it relates to beauty, but so much of what I teach is about how can we grow more confident in our decisions, in our actions, in our ability to change our lives, in who we are. It's a lot of what is inside the Elegant Excellence Journal. We grow in that confidence by slowing down to look at you know where we want to go, where we've been, who we really are. How can we make decisions that are aligned? How can we be confident in those decisions? How can we choose less but better? So I think that ultimately... It all carries over into the reality that it is our thoughts that affect how we feel and act. It isn't the weight. It isn't the clothes. Both of those for sure help, but they will never be enough in and of themselves. If you lose all the weight and you have an amazing closet, that by no means means that when you look in the mirror, you're going to see someone that is beautiful. And I've had clients that did not have the, you know, that were on the, I don't even know how to say it, that did not have the desirable body shape. They were carrying a, a lot of weight. They would have fallen into the, you know, highly plus size category. And they were on a budget. They did not have a lot of money. They were shopping at Forever 21 and Target. And they were some of the most confident, joyful, totally embracing their body women that I've worked with. And I've worked with some women that are incredibly thin and that have a lot of money to spend on clothes and that find themselves so unattractive when they look in the mirror. So truly that inner confidence, it's going to be a little bit more of a long game, but no, remind yourself in those moments when you're focused on the weight or you're focused on the buying more things or the fact that you don't have the money to buy more things, remind yourself those won't be enough. They are part of it but they won't be enough. And what I could do right now for free at any moment of the day is notice my thoughts and start to work on that. There's an exercise in the Elegant Excellence Journal called The Wand that is incredibly powerful and helpful for this. I would highly recommend that you um, consider that when you get to that page in the journal. And I know that working on our confidence is not easy. It's like anxiety and a lot of the other things that we talk about here on the podcast. But I've shared both here and over on Instagram that I am working on my own confidence in 2020, not in how I look, but in other areas of how I show up in life, not in my beauty, but other areas for myself. So know that you are not alone. You are in good company and you and I can lean into that together if more confidence is what you want for yourself in 2020. Number five is do not apologize for how you look. Just completely remove it from your vocabulary. Remove it from one of your go-to sentences or phrases. I challenged myself to do this a little while ago, and now it's so noteworthy to me when the thought even pops up. 
And I have not apologized for the way I look in so long. But if you start to notice, it is something that we as women do so often. Why? Why do we walk in someplace and immediately apologize? Just apologize for how we showed up in the world. Now, I do know why it happens. It's because we're feeling self-conscious and we have a reflexive idea that if I say I look bad, then it's okay that you think it. It's sort of like, I'm, I'm going to own it. I'm going to call it out. And that kind of goes back to the um, one of the earliest podcasts I did about the three stages of ish that you can deny, own, or change your ish. You're trying to own your ish. It's the same thing as the guy that says, I, I, I'm a jerk, so you can't get mad at me when I sleep with you and don't text you back. I already told you that I was a jerk up front. And you're like, Okay, well, that's still not very helpful. We're trying to own it in that same way of, hey, I already told you that I'm unattractive, so now it's going to hurt less if you think it. I already told you that I am a hot mess, so it's okay if you judge me for that. Instead of owning, actually, I like th- this comes up for me all the time. I work from home, and as I've mentioned numerous times, I don't do my hair and makeup. I throw on whatever sweater was on the you know, chair from the night before, and I go grab breakfast in the morning. So Oftentimes, or if a friend could come over for drinks after work, if a friend's coming to my house for a glass of wine, why am I going to go get ready? So I notice really often that I can be aware I'm not as put together as other people because other people are going outside their home to their offices. And we have a societal expectation that people are going, you know, women are going to have put on makeup and be wearing a, you know, nicer outfit or whatever, or not the Ugg boots that are cheesy, but I find really comfortable. So I wear them every morning when I go get coffee. Um, So I've noticed that I could so often apologize for how I look. And I just challenge myself to completely take it out of my, my vocabulary because I'm owning the reason I look like this is because I've created a life for myself in which I don't have to put on makeup on the days that I don't want to. Uh, that's, that is nothing to apologize for. I'm owning I'm I'm not a hot mess. I'm not a disaster. I just didn't need to take the 10 minutes to do that. And I spent those doing something else. And I own that decision. And that to me is really where it comes from. Why are we having to apologize? It's ultimately because we're not owning whatever got us to this, which was I have had an exhausting week at work and we were out of milk. So I just needed to go to the store and the kids were crying and I left them with my husband and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That is why I am at the grocery store with with no makeup and you know wearing sweatpants. But I'm owning, I did the best that I could this week. I'm juggling a lot. I'm being a great mom. I'm out here you know, running errands, get, getting food for my kids. If I'm not owning that, then I'm saying that I need to change it. But I don't need to change that. I don't need to put on makeup for other people just in case I run into them or when they come over for for a glass of wine. So I actually don't want to change that. So I need to not apologize it. I need to say, actually, I'm totally comfortable with this, that this is how I am. And I, I don't need to change anything. Also think about how often, start to notice, one, how often you hear other people say this, and, and you'll start to notice other people apologizing for the way that they look, the fact that they're a mess, the fact that they, you know, Threw stuff together, the, like that, like, oh, I apologize, I look like a mess. That's that's a very common one. So one, notice it. But number two, notice how often do you think that of someone? Do you see someone and you think, gosh, that girl looks a mess? 
I never think that. The only times I notice someone is when they're sick. You know, like you have a colleague and you're like, girl, you look awful. You should go home. (laughs) And it's like you can just tell how sick they are. Or you see someone and it is clear something bad has happened. And just like, are you okay? You don't look okay. But what we mean in both of those things is their face. We're reading their facial expressions. Their eyes can barely stay open because they're so sick. Or the, the, the blood is just drained from their face. Or their eyes are so puffy from crying. That's what we're noticing. We're not thinking, oh, that sweater is ill-fitting. Do you have the flu? <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're not like, I don't really... I don't really know what what jeans she's wearing. Just did something happen? Did your boyfriend break up with you? Like we're not going to that place. It is purely something that we feel the need to defend that no one else is worried about. So, remove from your vocabulary apologizing for the way you look. And tied into this, number 6, do not leave the house not hoping to see anyone. <laughs> Use the tips in this episode of having your go-tos of only needing to pick from one of the 3 of foundationally getting to a place where you are more confident in your skin without having to put on makeup or you just are more confident in your person and you don't feel the need to apologize. But I know that this could always happen to me. And I don't mean like every time I, well, first of all, we just know a lot of people in our neighborhood. We have a lot of friends who live here. So the place I go to for breakfast in the morning, I very often will see someone else that I know there. But I also know that I can run into listeners and followers and students. I remember Uh, very specifically one morning I had been, I don't remember what had happened. I think there was like, maybe it was a situation with a friend that was going through something hard, but I had been up super late at night crying, or maybe I'd been like crying since I woke up that morning. Maybe it was something at work. I can't remember, but I totally was like crying. I felt like I was a mess. I was like, I just need to leave the house and go get breakfast, like put my life together. And of course I'm like standing there pouring, you know, milk into my tea. And someone's like, excuse me, are you Hillary Rushford? I'm like, Oh my gosh, of course, the morning that I look like so atrocious. But I've just happened had to remind myself that could happen at any moment. So I don't want to go out insecure. I can go out owning that, again, I work from home. I, I don't need to be this put together. Or owning, I'm under the weather today. Like, And that's fine. There's times when I am out and I'm sick and I'm getting something. And yeah, I'm sick. I might look like I'm sick. I, now is not the time for you know, me to have all the glamour going on. And that's totally fine. And remember, most people are not looking at you harshly in that way. How often have I run into a friend that had no makeup on? And I'm just like, I'm not even tracking on it, first of all. But if I am, I'm subconsciously tracking the fact that she's not wearing any makeup. I'm not judging her for it. I'm not thinking, how I cannot believe she left the house. So notice what it is for you that makes you feel self-conscious in that way. For me, it goes back to my skin. If I have a blemish and I leave without putting anything over that, that makes me feel insecure. But as long as my skin is clear, then I'm fine. Or if I have that blemish, then maybe I need to put on a little bit of foundation and concealer before I leave the house. The baseball hat really helped. I didn't have to worry about doing my hair anymore. That was such a thing for a long time of like, oh, well, I should do my hair before I go to this coffee shop because I might see someone. Then I realized, why not just do a, a baseball cap? It, sometimes it's a difference between like this sweater has a stain on it or not of just like, yeah, don't don't leave the house in the stained sweater because you might run into someone. And, you know, in some ways I've said like, you should always dress as though you could like run into your ex. But I think that that ultimately goes back to the confidence of I have run into my ex while wearing my like work from home uniform. But you know what? It has to go back to the confidence that I'm 
I'm working from home. I know why I look like this. And I and 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 again, look like this doesn't mean bad. It just means makeup free with baseball hat and a sweater. And that's fine, but we go to this place as though we are expecting that anytime someone runs into us, we should look like we do at, you know, the work Christmas party or whatever it is. We think that people have a higher expectation and standard for ourselves. I see my girlfriends all the time when they have no makeup on or whatever. And I I think they look just as beautiful. I truly am not tracking on like, oh, they don't look as nice as they do other times. So even that person that you might put in like, oh, what if I ran into fill in the blank person? Yeah, walk around in such a way that you would be okay with that. Even if it's a sick day and you're owning that that's why, and there's that inner confidence that says this if this is a guy that you want to take you back, it's it's not going to be because he ran into you this one time and you were looking amazing. Like, that's not why you're not going to, like, live happily ever after and, you know, have have, have lots of sex and babies. Again, uh, love actually a reference. It's not ultimately coming down to that. But we make it mean that that is what is going to happen so we can put all of this pressure on it. Finally, number seven falls into also do not be embarrassed to open the door for someone that or, or welcome someone into your home with number seven, which is buy and wear cute pajamas and around the house clothes. Like ask your partner if if they like them, you know, if you are in a relationship. I went through and tried on everything for Jeremy. It was like, which of these do you like? And sweatpants that I thought were really cute. He's like, they're really saggy in the butt. They don't make your butt look good. I'm like, oh, well. I never looked at the butt before. I just thought they were soft. And so you're like, okay. So if that is something that brings you joy to me, I really like, I want him to think that I'm cute and attractive. So why would I wear something that he's like, "Mm, I don't really love that one. If there's something else that he's like, oh, you look really cute in that. So for me, it's all about things that are cute and cozy. They're just not schleppy. I have a lot of comfy things that I wear, but I find that for some reason, For a lot of people, when they get home, it kind of turns into this like, you know, your husband's super old paint splattered sweatpants and like a free T-shirt from a 5K run. And and we end up with this like weird hodgepodge of things that we're wearing around the house as though like when I'm hidden here from the world, I can dress this way. But you would be horrified if someone else saw you dress that way. Um, I had a pair of slippers that my friend Georgie gave me for Christmas three years ago. And I loved them. They were so soft. But Jeremy was like, these look disgusting. They were like white and fluffy. So they just gotten so dirty. I even tried to dry clean them. and The dry cleaner wouldn't take them. And he was like, you need new slippers. And just having him point that out like, okay, yeah, these do look pretty gross. I'm noticing how soft they are. But let me just go on to Amazon and buy some other like new white slippers for this season. But the bonus is if you can leave the house in them. Like I am really into sweatsuits lately. Um, I will. I was wearing one last night on Instagram. I will link that below if you listen to this later um, and another post where uh, where I was wearing one. But I've gotten into these little like they're not kind of like track suits, but they're just sort of like and they're not really sweatpants suits. They're kind of in between, but they're just like cute enough that I feel like I could throw on some tennis shoes, leave the house. They're not actual pajamas. And if if somebody comes on over for uh, for a drink at six o'clock, again, I'm not actually wearing pajamas, but I'm wearing very comfy stuff around the house because I was sick that day or I'm working from home or it's winter and who needs who needs an excuse? Um, I even got my niece a set for Christmas so that we can match because I'm taking a bunch of them home because it's pretty much what I'm going to live in at my parents' house are these amazing sweatsuits that I'm into. But I think sometimes it's just those little things that we think, oh, I would I would need to buy you know silk pajamas or fancy negligees or something when it can actually just be 
how do I feel in this thing that I wear around the house? In all these hours that I spend at home and in bed, how do I feel? And would I be embarrassed if somebody else came over? Or do I actually feel, you know what, this is this is what someone who lives in a beautiful apartment and works for herself, you know, wears. And you don't you don't have to have a lot of them because you're just wearing the same thing again and again. You don't have to have drawers full of this, but just getting two nice things that you can alternate that you're like, actually, I feel great in this. I've, I even feel that this flatters my body well. Like I don't feel self-conscious that this is really tight or it's kind of short. I even feel like it fits my body well. And I thought about that a little bit as opposed to just being like, I don't know, I've always bought pajamas for Victoria's Secret. So I just kept going back there. But actually, like you're petite and they're really long on you. And, you know, they just you're like, oh, whatever. I can't be bothered. Just think about it. Maybe even as things are going on sale over the holidays or potentially even going through your drawer and just realizing you don't need you don't need and you don't wear 75 percent of the stuff that's in there. And you could keep just the few things that are cuter and that fit you a little bit better and just make you feel the way that you want to feel. And if you feel amazing in your like super worn out old, you know, Stanford t-shirt and your like, you know, college track pants, amazing. All I care is that you feel beautiful. But I think there are a lot of people for whom what they put on, they kind of go into this mindset of, well, now I'm home so I don't have to care anymore. I would just challenge you to see, actually, would I feel better if I even felt just like cute and cozy in the things that I was wearing there? So I hope that something in here gives you a small shift that can shake up how you are looking at yourself and the task of getting ready, running out the door, finding confidence and simplicity in the tiny things, and a couple of deeper things to consider throughout your year to give you that more authentic confidence and truly feel beautiful from the inside out. So I am flying to California tomorrow. We are so excited. Come follow along on Instagram for all of our holidays. We have um, our little niece and nephew, Devin and Henry, we are seen first, and then we get to go meet our brand newest um, niece, little Miss Oakley. So we are super excited about that, getting to be with both sides of our families. And this is our first Christmas since our family wedding. We were technically married last Christmas. We had eloped, but we were still planning our family wedding that was coming six weeks later. So a little bit different vibe when you are still wedding planning. We always say that even though we were technically married, it didn't feel like we're really married until we were done wedding planning. So we were still wedding planning this year, last year, and this year we are so excited to be having our first Christmas just at home, no wedding planning with both sides of our family. So wishing the same joy and merriment for you and yours wherever you are in the world. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is sharing our family wedding photos with you from Cartagena. So for anyone who's new, a little bit of backstory. I, I'm i an Enneagram 4. I can't do anything simply. I overcomplicate everything. I have all of these stories and ideas in my head, and they waterfall over into this magical, beautiful life that I've created that can nonetheless be very exhausting and uh, complex sometimes. So I had it in my head for a long time that I would secretly elope with my husband, whoever he was, before we had our traditional wedding. So you can read that whole story at deanstreetsociety.com slash wedding. But ultimately, we uh, kidnapped six friends. We eloped to the south of France in 2018 um, because it was not legal. If It was way more complicated if we legally got married abroad. 
We went to the courthouse here in New York before then. And um, so technically, we had two weddings. And then uh, six months later in 2019, we had our family wedding in Cartagena. And it is a story for another time why it took so long to share that wedding. We actually got married back in February. Our anniversaries are August 10, September 10, and February 10, because I am also a storyteller, and so I love a cohesive theme. So over the course of six months, we did technically get married three times, um, courthouse, elopement, and family wedding. But it took so long to share this wedding for a myriad of reasons. We shot it on film instead of digital, so that takes a few months to get back. You know, most these days when you're seeing someone's wedding and some celebrity or something, and then they turn it around the next day. It's because all of that is shot on digital. Um, There was some technical reasons, emotional reasons, work busyness, publishing delays. But yesterday was my birthday, and it just felt like such a great way to celebrate a great deadline to give myself to get to share it before the end of the year so that it could truly be part of wrapping up this decade and this year um, with such a big thing in our personal lives. So swipe up, and you can find that at deanstreetsociety.com slash wedding. I have so found in this process that joy amplifies joy. So I truly hope that it brings a smile to your face. It is bringing me so much joy to read every one of your comments. We shared the one-minute trailer of our wedding video. We actually haven't seen our wedding video yet. Haven't gotten that back. But he made us a one-minute trailer. It's insane. It's like a trailer for a feature-length film that he sent us back on our honeymoon. So we have watched that little 60-second clip so many times this entire year. So it was so fun to share that. Um, I'll link that below on my Instagram. And then we finally are sharing photos from our wedding. And I also truly hope in everything I do, yes, I want it to inspire and delight and bring joy. And that's going to apply to everyone. But I also want to help um, educate and inspire and help other brides just as I do with style or entrepreneurship and anything I do. So send this on to anyone that you know that is getting married. Hold it in the back of your mind. And I hope that some of our resources or vendors or the different things that I share in the coming year of mistakes we made and bumps we had along the way um, helps someone else in their process. So I can't wait to hear what you think. Come over on Instagram and tell me. Until then, I will see you from California with grace and gumption. Till next Wednesday.